season two, baby! We're yeah. doing it! Yeah, remember when we said we were going to stop and, like, take a lot of time and prepare and, like, completely overhaul? I mean, we didn't promise, thank God, to do any of this, but wow. we made up. We said to each other that we were totally going to, like, up our game. We, we may have promised it, and then I deleted it before we published the episode, because I wasn't prepared to commit. <laughs> I think you made the right choice, because here we are, winging it again. Yeah. It was like, hey, we could we could make some big changes now that we're moving into season two. Then I was like, you know what? I'm sure that the seven people that listen to the podcast can't live without it. And we got to keep that schedule going. So I just want to start out by saying that today I am blessed because Nick is wearing these just beautiful green like basketball short things that say Irish on them. And it's just the best is I'm just so, so lucky. I'm so lucky to be here for this right now. You know, you gave me a look when you came over, and I knew it was about the shorts. And you said nothing, and I said nothing. Because I wanted, I wanted them, I wanted you guys, you audience, to be here. As I said, thank you, Nick, for blessing me with this beautiful, these beautiful alabaster legs of yours. Is, is before we even start talking about the episode we just watched too early to get into Nick Hyde's overly sharing personal life <laughs> stories. <laughs> because I the, these these shorts were a, a brief matter of controversy because I, I accidentally stole these from my, my dear friend Matt Kettlehake. We did a comedy show together. We were co-hosting and he had a segment he wanted to do. We were doing some sort of like frantic aerobic type thing. And so we were wearing tight shirts and basketball shorts. And uh, it be... I was I was made well aware immediately after we did that about just how much my dick was visibly flopping all <laughs> over the place. It was apparently it was a real fiasco. And I was wondering when I got off stage why this guy was so mad at me. He was sitting right up front and I was like, You have one of the best seats, what are you upset about? Apparently he just couldn't handle my wild hog. So um I won't dance in front of you in these shorts. All I can say is, uh, if we ever go back to the sex gen- dungeon, you're wearing those. That's your uniform now. Yeah. I also think I deleted the part of this podcast where we talked about going to the sex dungeon. So, hey everyone, we all went to a sex dungeon once. For board game night. You and, know what? Okay. And with that... <laughs> <laughs> right! This is a show about a show. It's the Big Bang Theory Theory. Which, I don't know if we should have a segment called I Hate Sheldon, or Everyone Hates Sheldon, or if we should just rename the show Everyone Hates Sheldon, because boy do they ever... Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Kyle. And we, we started watching the show, and we're on the second season of it now, uh, The Big Bang Theory, because I was not familiar with it at all, aside from how much my friends hated it, and Kyle had watched a good amount of it? Yeah, I've seen this episode before, and I remember, the only thing I remember about it is Sheldon's fancy folding thing, which I promised at the time I was going to get. And it's I handy! Fine. Yeah, I want one. I don't know how to get it or even like how to search for it on the internet, but as someone who fails to fold their clothes well, yeah. that thing looks great. One, one of the er- such a time saver. Yeah, one of the early scenes in this episode is uh, Sheldon is folding his laundry and he has this handy plastic folding mat that he places his shirts into... And and his socks, as a matter of fact. And then he just folds up these panels. Slap, slap, slap. Perfectly folded shirt. And it's opened with a hearty laugh. Because apparently, the mainstream America doesn't know the value of not having to try to do that freehand. And to have it so uniform and tight and simple. And uh, I hate that. Because I loved that thing. Yeah, Uh, okay. So we're on the same page. We've got to get ourselves a couple of those. 
Yeah, hell yeah, we do. We need to get one of those uh, Patreon or one of those uh, wish Amazon wish list things linked to the podcast. So Does that mean I have to start showing strangers my body on the internet so it they'll abs- pay for that? It absolutely does, which is again why their shorts are so great. Maybe I could set up a trade agreement with a cam girl. Be like, it's a fair exchange that we send each other these things in exchange for our our nude bodies. That's of equal worth to each other. So, why don't you try to sum up the episode for us? What happened in this one? Sure. So, this is basically a direct continuation from the end of season one, where friggin' uh, What's-Her-Bucket Penny and Leonard were finally going to go on a date because Penny realized that she was just... She was at the end of her rope. She was at options, and it was this, it was Leonard's turn. And uh, so they go on their date. Leonard is really anxious about it because Penny wants to take it slow. And uh, all the other nerds, as ridiculous as they are, uh, are able to totally hone in on the obvious social cues that Penny wasn't really feeling it. But what's this? What's a twist? Penny reveals to Sheldon that her her concerns are her own insecurities about not being smart enough for Leonard and having lied about going to community college, which starts a B-plot about how Sheldon is incapable of lying and experiences terrible facial tics and he's running around dealing with this horrible guilt that's been, uh, this, this burden of, of secrecy that's been placed upon him. And then uh, Sheldon decides that the only way he can deal with that is to move out of Leonard's apartment. Uh, but then, because everybody fucking hates Sheldon, he can't even stay an entire night with anybody. He gets passed through three different apartments in one evening. At one point, he's drugged, reveals the secret to, to Leonard. Leonard confronts Penny about it. Penny gets mad. I think that's, I think that's all the main points. No, I think... I think that's more than I normally put into Yeah, it. you did a good job. I'm actually unsatisfied with the length of my summary. Well, you'll get better at it, buddy. Oh, thanks. I think the first thing... That you that we wanted to talk about was so yeah so they just I, they won't show us the date I guess they ran out of idea like they were like if we show what it's like when they are actually on a date no one will believe this so yeah. they just cut to the end of the date they're walking back up the stairs Leonard is going on and on about how Pinkberry isn't actually technically scientifically yogurt which fair enough although yeah. I thought everybody knew that already and then. He discovers that they're being filmed, which, well, let's not even... I mean, of course, of course, Wallowitz has right. set up a camera to film both of them. And he immediately starts perving on them penny titties. <laughs> I mean, what would we expect? Why yeah. would we think that wouldn't be there? Anyway. Did, was it ever explained why the camera's there? They set it up so that they could get some action. I think they assumed that Leonard and Penny were going to start having sex in the hallway outside both of their front doors and that they were going to get a good shot of it. Who who, who of us has not finger-blasted a lady on the door of a cl- broken elevator covered in police tape? Yeah. Two feet away from their both their apartments where their beds are. They couldn't decide. It's, it's, it's too much of a decision. No one wants to bask in the filthy sex stink of the other, so they decide they're going to make the building deal with it and keep it in the hallway. Yeah. And that's what Wallowitz was counting on. Or maybe he just had it. I mean, maybe he's just, he was just like, you know, every day she walks under this thing and I'm missing a chance to take a new snapshot of her tits. Yeah. Um, regardless, Leonard, in order to get her away from the camera, which he immediately spots, is like, let's go in. Let's just go into your apartment, which she interprets in such a way as she says, ah, actually, let's not go back to my place. Let's take things slow, which I think was our first question, which since when? Uh, oh, because Penny's like, she's specifically like, well, this was only our first date. Yeah. And that's when we were both like, hold up a second. Yeah, Penny, the, the character was 
primarily defined by her uh, promiscuity, who has has talked about how she has this compulsive need to go on seventy two hour bang sessions after she has a breakup. Who is who is always unavailable to Leonard because she's moving from hunky dude to hunky dude. I mean, it's not it's not surprising that she would suddenly decide to take it slow when it comes to Leonard. But that Leonard wouldn't be like, what? <laughs> Since when? Like, I don't want to pressure you, but what? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to share this, and then we'll decide later. What Is this a Kyle's overly personal life-sharing time story? Is this a Kyle oversharing personal yes, life yes, story? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so I was on a date with a girl, and, uh, you know, after it was over, um, it was actually our our third date and so I go home and she sends me a text like hey you didn't expect yeah you're not disappointed because we didn't ain't nothing more happened right I said no fine I that's totally fine. and I meant I wasn't being like it I was just like hey everybody has their own pace it's fine there's no reason to be you know to feel rushed or whatever whatever makes you feel comfortable we will work it out um and she's like okay good because you know Last couple people I went out with, I had sex on, with them on, like, the first or second date, and things uh, got really weird. I was just like, well, now that you've put it like that... Uh. But, but she's different now. She's 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 done with the fun phase of her life, and is ready to get serious. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just like, it was all, it was like, because everything was the same before and after she, like, I still, like, the responsible response was still, no, that's a perfectly mature way to be about this. I just wish she hadn't told me. So a, a date experience that I hold dear in my heart is uh, a first date I went on with this delightful lady who I was worried about because I'm like, mm, she's too hot for me. This is suspicious. And we, we, we meet at a bar and we hang out and we have drinks. And she's like, you like me, don't you? I can tell. And I'm like, yeah. And then we made out a whole bunch. And we went back to her place and made out more. And then she threw her arms in the air and she says, I'm too drunk. I don't consent. But you can still tuck me in. And I did. And it was super cute. That's nice. I, yeah. It it has stayed as a, a, a adorable, fuzzy thing in my heart. I like that. That's Now, that's adults doing it right, right there. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So, we're not judging Penny for being someone who normally, like, just sleeps with it. Every guy, she yeah. can, every hot guy, she can get her hands on. I Make mean, her more own power, decisions. More power to her. And like you said, it also makes perfect sense that like Leonard Yogurt Boy, Le- Leonard, I can't eat yogurt because it makes me fart. Yeah, a thing he said on his date. Yeah, it, it's totally fine. But I was just, it, it is a little weird given that they basically want the only two things they've established about her character. Yeah, it, it is. It is a weird character trait for that. Not necessarily to abandon, but. Like I, not not like I I have a lot of faith in the consistency of this show. But if there is not a plot soon about how Penny dates Leonard while having to bone all these other guys, and then explains to him that that he's the special one, yeah, and so she's waiting for the right moment, but still needs to like, yeah. still needs to get her kicks, you know? Yeah, she just for, starts getting itchy. Yeah, all these other guys mean nothing, and that's why they're so readily available, frequent, and disposable. But you, Leonard. Thanks for telling me that stuff about yogurt. <laughs> yeah. But I laughed a few times genuinely at this episode. You did. Yes. And frankly, one of them, I mostly laughed because of how hard you were laughing, but I think it was also just funny in and of itself. 
which was which is uh, Sheldon at the end of the episode. Well, let's just let's start with this. Sheldon apparently again with the inconsistency, he he evolves as a character. A new thing that is introduced is a, that he can't doesn't know how to keep a secret. Well, he does, but his his facial and other tics are so obvious that uh, it gives him right away. He kept his secret in this episode until he was drugged. That's true. So he does. So I guess my question. So this is to me. This is the only the second time in the show we've seen him try to keep a secret. Uh, the first time was the well. I don't know. I don't know if these two situations are comparable, and I, I don't know if I'm trying to make two things join that don't Let's really join. Let's get through it and find out. Penny says to Sheldon because she confides in him, which they both admit is kind of weird. Uh, she's like, "You can't tell Leonard that I'm insecure because I didn't." graduate community college and he's like wait you're you already told me the secret and now you're asking me it's like you're supposed to tell me hey are you capable of keeping the secret mm-hmm. and then you tell me what the secret is and i'm prepared for it which fair enough but i compare this to the other time which was leonard lies to penny about not being able to go see her show and sheldon is like oh i'm just supposed to be complicit in this lie that you're telling and he's like yes and he's like, fine, but if so, I need to make a few tweaks to your story. I'm trying to figure out if those are the are similar or entirely different situations. I think the situations are incomparable as to the the weight and the outcome. However, I think there is at least some consistency in the lengths to which Sheldon will go to not divulge a secret. In in the earlier episode, his solution to this is to put together a pretty substantial web of lies. Yeah, like an all-the-usual-suspects-level narrative. Yeah, which uh, even, what, hires his smart buddy aspiring actor to play the part of the drug-addled cousin or something uh-huh. like that. It's so, yeah. The sexually molested drug-addled cousin. Right. Oh, God. What was it? The the, <laughs> cat, the Catholic priest pushing his tongue down the kid's his, throat? Yeah, his... Brine pickled, t- uh, something pickled tongue. Ah, uh, so yeah, there, there's that. And then in this case, it's oh, I will just try to maintain my significant degree of body spasms, and when I realize I can't keep up that up, I'll immediately move out. Which maybe, maybe that is Sheldon uh, taking on a new character development of being a little bit less selfish. Because before, he was willing to go to any length, not involving any harm to himself to keep the secret. And this time, he takes it on as his own responsibility. It's his cross to bear. That would have been funnier. I mean, I, I like, I could have, even though we, I guess we already had that episode, so it would have been derivative. But I like the idea of him being like, I can keep your secret, but only... If you play along now, first thing I need you to cut off your thumb. What? Just, just go with me. Do you want the secret kept or not? Hack off your thumb. I'll explain later. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to to keep up the idea, but not too hard that that Sheldon continues to be a mastermind that has complete control over all of his friends' lives. I think maybe the reason it's less clear in this one is. The yeah, the outcome is so insignificant. Yes, it doesn't. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe just in, it's weird. It's just like it's hard to tell when he cares enough to work, like to bring his A game. Yeah, yeah, and it's in this one, which is something that I actually very much respect 
about the Sheldon character is he is very open about how much he does not care. Yes. Uh, when when asked how he allowed Raj and Wallowitz to set up the spy camp, he says, oh, they took advantage of my complete lack of interest in anything that you're doing. And that got a guffaw. And then yes. later, when Penny is sharing the secrets, uh, he realizes uh, very unhappily that he's being pulled into to people's lives against his will and wants nothing to do with it. And maybe maybe that's the re- maybe that's the real reason he has such trouble keeping the secret. Not that he's actually bad at it. Just he is innately repulsed by having a personal connection with another person that's so deep as to require a secret bond. Yeah, or maybe it's just like he can do the other thing where he like hires the the crisis actors and everything, but that he tries to save that for when it's worth it. So he was just like, you know, this whole height this insecurity you feel about i we're barely friends penny this insecurity you feel about community college is not worth me burning one of my forged passports that i paid good money for yeah and the last one i think was it was also about an insecurity because they didn't want penny to know that she was bad at singing and or acting yeah but it wasn't really for penny on penny's behalf that was for it's, leonard yeah. that he did all of that and yeah he, um, so i guess all i'm saying it wouldn't surprise me if there are things that he will do for leonard or on behalf of Leonard, or no, to, I think you're right. to manipulate Leonard, that he that Penny is just not worth. Like Leonard's already in his orbit. Leonard is his. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is Sheldon's number one piss boy. That's for sure. But as as a result of of this, and Sheldon not being able to handle keeping the secret, he does. He just suddenly moves out. He he grabs his bug out bag, and he's uh, Raj and Wallowitz are there. And so he decides which one of them he'll get to stay with. And then it becomes clear again that everyone 100% fucking hates Sheldon. Yes. And I don't understand still why any of them are friends. Like, they are so desperate to pawn off the responsibility on each other. And uh, and they do. Like, yeah. Like, Sheldon goes to stay with uh, Raj and... What they, they they hang out for what can't be more than an hour before he gets the boot. Yeah. Because Sheldon cannot help insult Raj's tastes in Indian cinema. Yes. Which I don't know. Well, gonna. obviously you don't know enough about Indian cinema to You son of a bitch <laughs> to appreciate the deep barbs that they were throwing at each other. Yeah. Uh no, I've I was I'm with you. I didn't know it. I didn't really. But uh, it was fun. It was basically a replay of the episode that we've already had, where Sheldon is sick, and we basically yes. find out that even when Sheldon is dying of the flu, like they're willing to just risk that rather than yeah. be there to take care of him. Like their friendship. Like three out of four of them have this system that they will never let Sheldon know about. That they have codes and strategies, like all of these secrets, just to not spend time with Sheldon. Like, Sheldon is, like, a known danger that they're always just trying to avoid, but cannot excise from their lives. Yes. Maybe that's the true machination, is is Sheldon, he does need each of them. It's not just for fun. He needs them around, and so he needs ways to keep each of them in his life, and they, they know that they are powerless to fight it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the re- we just don't know what he has on any of them that they insist on. He- I mean... <laughs> On keeping him around. That's the that's the weirdest part of all of it. Is he never does anything to help any of them that we no. can see, or contributes anything positive to any of their lives. Yeah, or even is really interested in like talking at, at the very least with like 
like Leonard and Wallowitz and, and Raj, they all like have conversations with each other and debate nerdy things. But even when Sheldon participates in those, he's just like, you're all wrong. And here's why my yeah. answer is right. And you're all stupid. Through and through, it's I don't have any feelings for you because I'm completely irrational. Also, I don't think any of your little petty individual social squabbles are interesting and I want nothing to do with them. Also, I think all of you are pretty dumb and I don't want to discuss any of my work with you, so we don't have any sort of professional engagement either. I do have to only pay half rent for this apartment, though. Yeah. So, let's just keep it going. Yeah. I think, probably, in Cal- I hadn't thought about that, but I just like the idea. I think my favorite thing about the relationship is that they're comfortable talking about it in front of him. Like when Raj drops, yeah. when Raj drops uh, Sheldon off, like at uh, Howard Jordan, he's like, "He's your problem now." And Howard's like, "Well, you should have put him in a brown paper bag and set him on fire." Yeah, <laughs> which in, is just like in front of the Sheldon. <laughs> it's just like I just like if this were like the HBO version of the show, it'd just be like, "Oh, that piece of shit, Sheldon! Here he comes!" Hey, Sheldon, you're such a piece of shit. How are you doing, you piece of shit? Have you ever had such a friend? That, you know, y'all, I, I think this is a typical thing where you'd hang, but you'd be like, this guy's not cool, right? We all recognize that. Like, we're we're all in this group together, but, like, yes. fuck Ryan. Yes, he's the he's the butt monkey. That's the official term for that. Yeah. From Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Xander was, of course, the butt monkey. Oh, I didn't watch enough gang. Buffy. I didn't know Xander was the butt monkey. I mean... Pretty obvious, though, right? But they all like him, don't they? They pal around with that guy. Yeah. He's got a cool name. But he's still, of, of them, he's the butt monkey. I guess. I don't Every know. group. In Goodwill Hunting, which I recently watched, Casey Affleck, obviously the butt monkey. Casey Affleck is always the butt monkey. That's I mean, not fair. Yeah. True. Also, Ocean's Eleven, <laughs> Casey Affleck, the butt monkey. Always the butt monkey. Uh, gone, uh, gone, baby, gone. In which he's the main character in Detective. Still kind of a butt monkey. What about was it? Is it Ghost Story? Was that the name of it? Yeah. Where he's just always in the background, creeping around in other people's lives. It's like you're just gonna sit there and watch Rooney Mara eat an entire pie in a single take, like a I mean, monster. I would. Do and that. that's not how you. It's not even how a person eats pie. But I'm not even worried about that. She's fine. You're still somehow, even though she can't eat a pie like a normal person, you're still somehow the butt monkey in this scene. To be fair to Casey Affleck, I would also just sit and watch Rooney Mara eat an entire pie. I like I don't have to explain my reasons, but I'm telling you, I'd pay upwards of eleven dollars to do it. <laughs> I think I'd pay for a very good medium to low quality pie is the investment I'd make. Anywho, moving right past that. Well, so the joke at the end. So how it wraps up is oh, yeah. Right. Wallowitz hates him so much or well right, particularly he's, he hates that Sheldon won't sleep and instead sits in bed staring at the ceiling making lists of his favorite X-Men characters which uh, and his favorite cat women <laughs> yeah which I wish I could say was a thing that I don't also do when I can't sleep but they they got me they got my number I I've also been like hmm order of justice league characters in my head in terms of how much I like them superman green lantern batman flash anyway so they nailed they nailed that nerd behavior. Was that an accurate list you just gave? Yes. Okay, everyone who's listening to this, contact us in some means. We haven't really made many available. <laughs> Hit up our Twitter and fight with it's Kyle. At BB Theory Squared. Maybe we should make a Facebook page. Uh-huh. I think we have just enough people listening that it wouldn't be horribly embarrassing to make a Facebook page. Oh, we could try it. <laughs> um anyway, so 
So Wallowitz gets tired of it and drugs him with Valium to try to get him to sleep, but he won't fall asleep. Instead, he just becomes loopy and silly, at which point, in fact, do we even want to talk about how comfortable Wallowitz is drugging people with Valium, or are we just going to let that go? When else did it happen? Or is it? Or is this one time enough? Yeah, the, I mean, I'm just saying the the I. To be fair, it is Sheldon that seems like he has it coming, but just I hadn't thought before. Now I'm just bringing up the optics of of Howard opens the door and was like, "Yeah, here's here's this here's Sheldon. I dropped him off at his apartment, having drugged him, and now he's kind of yeah compliant." Also, what's up with uh, with Wallowitz's mom that she's got enough loose Valium around that she's not going to notice? What she need all that for? I mean, she lives with Wallowitz. So that probably needs a pretty constant numbing effect. Maybe the reason we never see her is because she's, you know, in constant crippling chronic pain. But whenever we do hear her, it is always her shrill condemnations of Wallowitz goofing around with his pals. That's true. And so she's not chill. Yeah. But she makes some cookies and things. Also true. So. All right. Well, you know. Anyway, let me get... So the joke that made you laugh the most in this episode... I'm glad you know because I already forgot it. Yes, was... Sheldon is loopy and he tells Howard about Penny and she's like, he's like, she's just embarrassed because she feels like you're so much more academically accomplished than she is. And Wallowitz goes, or I'm sorry, not Wallowitz, uh, Leonard goes, oh, that's ridiculous. And Sheldon goes, I know, because all of your work is really derivative. And that's not, he, and they start to walk away and they stop and he goes, and that's not even a secret. You know, that's still very, very funny. That's just, I think because that's, that is not even like something that you'd need Sheldon to be drugged to say, but like the relaxed way he says it is so much better because, but to have him just kind of like swaggering around, it's like, yeah, your work's not very good. It's everybody knows it. It's yeah. no secret, my dude. <laughs> It's uh, where I'm coming from. I see no, I really see no difference in someone who failed to graduate from community college and someone who, uh, who, uh, who does the kind of, uh, physics experimentation that you do. That was actually, it was very similar to my favorite joke in the episode, which I felt was on point for Sheldon, which is, uh, Penny asks him, Hey, has Leonard ever dated anyone who wasn't a brainiac before? (laughs) And Sheldon goes, Oh, well, I guess that depends. I, he did date a woman the other uh, few years back who who had a PhD in French literature. It was a very good joke, and I appreciate it. Also, I was trying to remember something else that I thought was really funny. And I didn't really laugh at it so much, but I'm just glad it was included, where uh, Wallowitz and Raj, where are they coming back from the bodies exhibit? Oh, it's, yes. it's something with a bunch of cadavers. Oh, my God. Are we really about to, are we doing back-to-back what our favorite Big Bang Theory jokes are? They're getting good. Oh, They're no. picking up their strength season. I just, I just, I mean, you can tell it, but I just realized this is what we've come to. We're we listing off our favorite, po- our favorite points in the episode. I may have to drive my van into the river after this. W- would you rather it be one of the episodes where we just stare at each other like <laughs> faces gray and jaws slack because we don't know a single interesting thing we can find in it? No. Because that's, that's, we've been there and it's rough and now we're enjoying it and you're, Tell the joke. Uh, well, it's not, the thing is, it's not a joke. They, they get, I guess, technically. They, so they, they get back from this body's exhibit. <laughs> not for Wallowitz, it's not a joke. And uh, Wallowitz says some stupid things about how, uh, yeah, like, actually, skinless cadavers were pretty hot. And everyone gives a groan. And uh, Wallowitz 
chimes in to say, what? That's got a problem with some old-fashioned necrophilia? And again, I just I love that they're they're putting that in their their good family primetime comedy show. And uh, because I just I don't know, corpse fucking's pretty funny. I appreciate it. I want Wallowitz to I want Wallowitz to get weirder. You know, I would like him to be less of a legitimate sex criminal, but I want him to just fuck strange things. <laughs> Like if that's if that's how he evolves, like <laughs> he's like, no, I keep a bunch of Valium in my room to give them to women so I can have sex with them while they're. But they're it's totally consensual. Like no, they're into no, it too. Kyle, I just said I wanted that to be the opposite of what it is. I said it would be consensual. Yeah, I get, but I mean, is it consensual or is Wallowitz telling people it's consensual? Well, is ne- necrophilia by definition is not consensual unless you have like the Book of the Dead on hand. Well, yeah, but like fucking any inanimate object isn't consensual, but I'd still put my dick in things all the time. Just to see if it fits. You know, like you get that, uh, you get down to the end of the roll of the paper towels and you're like, I mean, I could bet, I bet I could fit in there, but how snug would it be? Or would it not be snug at all? And how will I feel about it after the experience? So the evolution of the Wallowitz character is just him comedically getting his dick stuck in things. I mean, that's, that's what he wants his character to be. And I want to fulfill that in a monkey's paw-like fashion. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board. Okay. So that's what is now on my radar now, is what's the weirdest thing that Wallowitz fucks? What is, as of right now, what's the weirdest thing? Nothing. He's not fucking anything. But he's expressed an interest in dead bodies. Played off as a joke, but I mean, what, come on. Come on. He's into it. I mean, we know he likes older, older, older women, so this is sort of the... Yeah, but name a category of woman he's not into. That's true. Yeah. Like, he's he's been straight up confronted about just being used for sex, and he's like, that's fine. And Penny in one episode is like, hey, I, I have a cadre of... Very damaged, broken yeah, women. Yeah, let's not let's not open that Pandora's box. But again. that's that's what he's all about. <sighs> all right, that's most of the episode. Yeah, I feel like we got through that one nice and it wasn't it was it was a smooth it went down smooth that episode. I think so. Which I mean, what this this is a good transition for a little bit of business we have to take care of because we want to discuss on on the show. What the fuck are we doing? Why, what are we going to do with this dumb, dumb thing? Yes. Because we, we realized, or not realized, but discussed a little bit about how we're, we're approaching it differently. And I, not consciously in my case, I don't know about you, but, you know, Nick Hyde here, uh, I, 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 I despise earnestness. And uh, so I, I'm always just doing my best to try to make some sort of dumb goof to get out of whatever the fuck I'm talking about. It's all I can do. I just can't. I don't like eye contact. I don't like silent pauses. So that's that's my thing. But you, Kyle, you you uh, you. What's your approach that you were advocating? Well, I mean, so we were talking a little bit about this, this before, but I think, well, because I feel like your approach makes more sense or is maybe a a better, more mainstream approach to the material. Because basically it's like at the end, if we did everything the Nick Hyde way, we would end with an episode that covered everything that happened in the episode, had a bunch of goofy jokes and some commentary in it, everybody goes home happy. So I'm really tempted by that approach. It's just not something sometimes I... I feel like we hit some tension last episode because sometimes I just want to go on random tangents that don't have anything to do with... Uh, necessarily the Big Bang Theory and are not funny. That's mostly what it is. Is I'm just not that funny. 
I'm, I can be funny on occasion, but it's sort of like, you know, it's like a lightning storm. It's like the lightning's part of the storm, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on there. So what you want is for Hulkamania to run wild. What's Hulkamania? Holy shit! Ah! I... Whoa! This is a fear that I had earlier in the day. Because, you know what? I was just reflecting on Hulkamania. And I asked my friend uh, on Facebook if if anyone... If if they thought that anyone has ever had to like sit in a bar drinking, really trying to struggle with the time that Hulkamania ran wild on them. But then I, I had this, this moment where I was like, kids these days, they might not know what Hulkamania is. Yeah, okay, so first, my first question. Green guy or Hogan? Hogan. Okay. I figured with you it would be Hogan. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? I'm just, you just seem more like a, of the two things it could be. Also, I feel like if it had to do with the Incredible Hulk, the odds that I would have heard of it before now would be much higher. We're gonna, I'm gonna put it more to that so I don't have to like stay up on my thinking about which one, which more of a Hulk do I identify with? Ah! Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, it was the Hulk's style back in the day. So what is Hulk mania? <laughs> I, I mean, it's 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 just it's it's the Hulkster, and occasionally you would say, "Hulk Mania is gonna run wild." He's gonna run wild all over you. He's gonna he and all of his Hulk maniacs. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I guess that's what I want. I want. I mean, <laughs> I just want to be able to feel comfortable that this podcast can be whatever we want. That we can be a safe space. I mean, I, well, I'm of two thoughts. So there are only really two problems with this because. You know, I want to be able to talk about random philosophical tangents or, you know, how depressed I am in a given moment and ready to try heroin for the sweet release of oblivion. And, you know, so I just don't have to be myself anymore because I'm just constantly in psychological pain and there's just this giant hole inside of me that I can't handle anymore. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So this will all be good. Only two real problems. Uh, the first is, uh, as you already alluded to, you get super uncomfortable well, so I want to I want to stress uh, something here, which is I do get super uncomfortable when dealing with genuine emotion, and that's something that I think is worth working on for the sake of the podcast because we're the, we're the product, not this show. It's us. People want to know us and our grit yes. and grime, and I can get okay with that. However, when I when I'm just sitting back and I'm counting the, the minutes through which you are going, you're 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 quoting. The, the opening of the Iliad. Yeah, that was too far. on and on about Middle East. And I'm just here like, I can't contribute to this. I don't know what to do. That... Well, read more, motherfucker. That's what you do. Um, so, so, no, I go too far about that. That is my problem. I have a streak, much like, much like a character, a stereotypical nerd in a sitcom. Every now and then I go on these long tangents that don't really have a whole lot to do with anything that anyone cares about at all. And everyone else just wishes he would just shut the fuck up. Um, this, this reminds me of, I don't remember which episode it was, but uh, all of the nerds identified what like their, their big social problem was and they just had to suck it up. And here we are identifying our own character flaws that we are recognizing that we are helpless to do anything about it. Because, so my flaw that came up is... As you, you, the monitor of the Twitter page, someone uh, someone did give some feedback, and they're like, "Hey, good job! That Nick guy needs to interrupt less." And you know what, guy? You're right. And you know what else? Probably not going to happen because I'm I'm just too eager. 
I just want to be a part of it. You know, I think it's just that you were you you are more focused on the product, which I don't blame you for. You're just that, like that, and I just I just don't like it when you talk, and I want it to stop, <laughs> and so I'm inserting myself. No, no, it's I just get excited. That's you, all. You get excited, and you kind of want to protect. I mean. I think the most obvious it was for me was that time I was having an emotional breakdown about like my own loneliness and the time I had to throw all my action figures away. And you were just like, okay, we're going to get through this. I'm going to make as many jokes as I can on top of this until we can move on. Well, um, if we're being fair, I don't remember who I discussed this on that episode, but uh, maybe we discussed it before. But for some more sharing, I, uh, last year, had to sell all of my video games. And I got, well, I didn't have to, but I was like, I've just been moving these from apartment to apartment. And so I got rid of like six generations of consoles in every game I owned for them. I definitely cried when I did it. And I had several friends message me afterwards to be like, is this the grand giveaway gesture before you kill yourself? If it is, be open about it. Yeah, we did talk about it. But what I didn't say at the time, but it's still how I feel is if you weren't actually about to kill yourself and you did that, that just means you're a more emotionally complete person than me. When I was giving away all of my stuff, I really was in a fugue state, and I wish somebody had, you know, stepped in and intervened and stopped me from throwing things away, because I am sort of a person whose depression takes the form of self-punishment. So I punish myself by throwing things that I care about away, or by starving myself, or various other things. What a dumb idiot. Like, when I get real sad, I just fucking get super high and eat a bunch of Thai food, and it rules. And see, this is why, (laughs) so this is, this is exactly, I'm not, I'm not mad, I'm just pointing out, this is why I I say something, I say something that's emotionally edgy, and you respond the only way you can, which is with a dumb, self-deflecting, uh, whatever, which is I'm just telling the truth. It's fine. It's... I I got to I got to I got to order less food. I I can see my delivery bill and tie that one to one with my emotional well being. Fair enough. Um, so yeah. So one thing is navigating that uncomfortability, and then of course the other thing is the ethics of emotional voyeurism and uh, exhibitionism. Which is it was it really fair or is it really right to just be like you said to just be prostituting our feelings and psychological states for the sake of some small and incredible some vanishingly small amount of internet popularity uh, for like 200 300 people not not for the the sake of popularity i'll say but i i know my my favorite podcast which i'll say is the flop house it's bad movie podcast and like one of the one of the old ones and uh so the the host of that show i can't remember if he was married, it was a long-term girlfriend. I think it was a marriage. And he announced his divorce. And there was no reason for him to do that. But he was like, I know that everyone knows. And then everyone's going to start wondering why I'm not bringing her up anymore. And so just to cut it off with the head, we got divorced. It sucks. I'm going through a bad time. Now you all know. And I was like, fuck yeah, Dan McCoy. That was real weird. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's like you, you listen to someone for long enough and, you you know, it's their, they become a real person. Yes. We're real people, Kyle. Uh, you don't have to tell me that. So I have to tell myself that. Yeah, you do have to tell yourself that. <laughs> Editing all of this out later. No. So, yeah, I guess, I guess in some, we're, we're gonna, I'm gonna try to be less stupid and you're gonna try to have more substantive talk. Well, actually, I think it's you should try to have more substantive talk, and I'm going to try 
to cut out the monologues about classical literature. My therapist has talked with me about setting up unrealistic goals that will only make you feel a lot more disappointed in yourself than you failed. And buddy, I think that is a genuine 100% track that you're setting up. <laughs> That's, I, I, I ain't never going to be able to stop relating things to farts, I tell you. It's it's the thing we all have in common. All right. Well, we'll make it through together somehow. I feel better now that we've talked about it in front of, again, a bunch of rando internet strangers. Well, let's be fair. In, in front of a handful of our close friends and people who wanted to know more about the Big Bang Theory and were really, really disappointed with what they found. Yes, that's true. Not my clo- None of my friends listen to that. Like, well, maybe like two of them. So... So yeah, so it's just, for me, it's like I'm just flashing my ass to thousands of, well, not thousands, to dozens of people. You exercise I don't so know. much. You're in, you're in such good shape. You should be doing that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I it wasn't a compliment. Well, I guess it was. I was going to say it's a fact. I just know, I just know how much you, you, you pump it at the gym. And then I'm like, I really got to stop eating so much Thai food. But all right, I think we need to, to wrap up. And oh, that's right. We're, we're changing our wrap-up. This is starting now so. in season two. Yeah. So instead of talking, because we realized that after spending 30 minutes talking about the episode, trying to then say, and here's one thing that stood out in the episode was a little, it was just it, wasn't working it, it as well. It sucks and it's thought. bad, and the only reason we did it is because we didn't know how to end the episode. So we're just going, I'm just going to, we're going to try for a while. We're going to steal away. I know some other podcasts that I like in their episode, which is just talk about their recommendation of the week or happy thing thing that they liked this week okay. thing that took their attention would you like to go first i i can do this but my things can be very dumb that's the point that's perfect okay so i can make mine dumb too if you want i i went on vacation to chicago about a week ago i i had to take the california bar uh, and then I fucked right off out of town afterwards to not think about proximate cause for a while and I uh, ate a lot of food, ate a lot of deep dish, ate a lot of Italian beef, real good stuff uh, for a guy with a gluten sensitivity to eat. Super fun. And uh, I'm embarrassed at how happy I was on the day that we left where I did get high and then I ate a super fucking soggy, swampy Italian beef. And I can't remember the last time I was so happy. It was the most delicious thing I'd ever eaten. I just kept shoving it and shoving it in my face. That was it. I was like, there, there's no other way to describe it. It's, it was just pure, pure satisfaction. And to not be like worried about any of the other stressors in my life, any of the day-to-day anxieties. And to just, to just go hog wild on some soggy beef was, ah, uh, I, I hope to find that place again sometime soon. So Italian beef, everybody. <laughs> go to Chicago and get some. Also, don't go to that uh, wiener's circle. That place is weird and angry and, I think, racist. So, anyway. What's what's up with you? What's Kyle feeling good about, huh? Uh, so, the other day, I had seen large portions of it before, but I would never seen it all the way through. I sat down with a friend, and we watched from beginning to end Conan the Barbarian with oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I did that for the first time like two years ago. And you know, that movie fucking holds up. Hell yeah, it does. That movie is great. Everybody should just stop what they're doing right now and just start. Because I guarantee once you start it, you will not be able to stop watching it yeah, until was, it ends. I was worried because uh, I think I watched it after a friend did the same thing. And they were like, you know, not that great. 
had some problems with it. And I was like, all right, I will cautiously go into it. And at the end, I was like, no, that shit was awesome. Like, what was your problem? What's wrong with you? Yeah. That's because I'd never, I'd never seen it in its entirety. And, uh, I, I don't. I don't think I have any complaints about it. It's no, it's just part like they, it's just such a. It's like the ultimate. I mean, it's actually there's a lot of like you know weird brooding and and monologues and cool philosophy. But it's also it's just like the mix of that and just like the constant like titties and mm-hmm. like people getting cut open with swords and stuff. It's just like the perfect like like combination of like are we men or are we just beasts who can speak and also naked ladies. It's it's. Just enough trash to to satisfy that part of me, without being uh, objectionably hateful. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's always whenever things veer too far off course, it's always like James Earl Jones steps in to give like one of his badass monologues, and you're like, oh right, there are stakes in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> so he can so he can straighten and harden snakes to throw at people. Yes, ah, <laughs> oh, that's that's good good stuff. But so as fantastic as that movie is, my favorite line of of the Conans comes from Conan the Destroyer, where they uh, he he rescues the princess and they're at the campsite and he's pretty drunk, and she says uh, nothing hurts you, and he goes well, only pain, <laughs> and that's ah uh, the best line. Oh uh, you know what? This feels good. <laughs> this feels good to just say a nice thing at the end, Kyle. <laughs> Hell yeah, my guy! Italian beef? Conan the Barbarian? What kind of podcast is this? <laughs> Just a bunch of beef eating guys. Go- also, when I was in Chicago, I bought a sweet fucking, like, young Arnold Schwarzenegger lounging tank top, and I didn't want to buy it at first because, uh, my body should be illegal. But I, I, I really, I really, uh, let it stew. And I went back to that vendor, and we, we talked for about five minutes about body positivity, and then I gave her $20 and bought a shirt that, honestly, I'll probably never wear again. Because there's this weird point in your life where you just start growing these random scraggly hairs on your upper arm, and I really don't like it, and I don't want people to see it. I'm telling you, man. Wear that tank top, those shorts, be invincible. Yeah. Well, that's also the reason I have a mustache now, is I was like, hmm, oh, am I too charming and attractive? Ah, I better do something about that. Tell you what, though, it's not changing anything. Animal, animal magnetism. I got it. That's it for this week. We we had some laughs. We shared some feelings. What are you doing? What do you mean? What am I doing? You're, you're, this is the outro. I thought you were just gonna fade out. I complimented you on the short, so it rounds the whole thing out. You start with me talking, hitting on you for your short. But, the, but the then, but then when she the walked shorts. in, I thought I was worried it was like that it was too close. Well, the, no, not that it was too close. I just didn't know that we were actually done. And if that's where you wanted to end, we're done. What else were we going to talk about? I don't know. That's why I started talking again to try to figure out.